0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, Member FDSE.
1: We took it all. We brought them to our
0: land. An endless night. Ember hot and
1: icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not
0: see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I
1: become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Colts fans, we made it to week one. The Indianapolis Colts are opening up the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Lucas Oil Stadium. Can Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen pull off the upset in their debuts? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast presented by FanNation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast, Drake Wally. Drake... No more talking about what it's going to be like. What are these guys going to do? We're previewing a game. It is game week for the Indianapolis Colts. And buddy, I am stoked for it. How are you doing, man?
0: I'm right there with you. I, I, it was, It actually takes so long for the NFL offseason to get over with that it seems like the regular season's never going to start. That's why it's such a big deal. So, um, look, new quarterback, new era of football, new coach, new every like in all over all, every every corner of this locker room. There's newness going on. So, I think we're all ready to talk about regular season football, and that's what we're about to do. And it starts off with a bang, a divisional. Rival in the jacksonville jaguars
1: not only does it start out with a bang for the colts our show is starting out with a bang we've got two super chats already tonight stormy hellbrook with the fire ten dollar super sticker really appreciate it shout out to stormy as always we thank you so much and then the cfo of horseshoe huddle patrick rye football is back mother truckers i love it i love it football is back and guys we will be off the air before the Lions and Chiefs game kicks off tonight, so no worries there, Uh, and glad you all are joining us before that game. And then we've got Terrell in the chat as well. What's up to you, my friend? So it's going to be a fun night here on the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, so if you haven't done so already, please go follow us on all of our social medias, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, Follow at Colts on FN on X, not Twitter on X and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell. So, you know, whenever Drake and I are going live, whenever shot goes live with the saddle up show, so you never miss an episode. And then if you can't catch us live. Or you can't watch us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review. And guys, I wanted to, uh, before we dive in, there's some congratulations in order. For my man right here, Drake Wally, who is a newly engaged man, so wanted to let wanted to give Drake a shout out. Uh, uh, congratulations to Drake and his beautiful fiance, Aubrey. Uh, congrats, brother! Really happy uh, he got engaged over the Labor Day weekend. So awesome, great to see, and uh, really happy of you, brother.
0: Yeah, man. You know, uh, she said yes. Uh, you know, there were some <laughs> tense moments there for a while leading up to it. I was like. You know this could really look like a pie in my face situation in her family's backyard, but <laughs> hey, you know what? I appreciate it, man. I'm super duper stoked. She's a love of my life, and uh, can't wait to start our journey together. So,
1: listen, you. I w- I wouldn't be talking about it if she said no. I wouldn't put you on blast like that, brother. We're, <laughs> we're very we're fair. Not, we're not going to do that to you. But uh, you're you're starting off the football season on the right foot, so let's dive right into it, guys. The Jacksonville Jaguars against the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. kickoff on Sunday on Fox. Uh, Jaguars are five-point favorites, or should I say Colts are are five-point underdogs here. at Plus five is the line, according to DraftKings. uh, As we start this show here, we'll see if the line moves uh, a little bit as we get closer to game time. But uh, right now, the oddsmakers are saying that this is going to be a touchdown game, Drake
0: yeah and you know it's i i'm I'm happy at least that it's not you know ridiculous as far as the spread because these divisional games tend to be close regardless, even right out of the gate sometimes they're very neck and neck, and you know teams that aren't really seen as heavy favorites end up really pushing the team that is the favorite to you know right to the brink you know, so don't be surprised if it's within that five point spread, but that's also pretty fair from Vegas because I know a lot of people are high on Jacksonville's offense.
1: They really are. And we've got another super chat. Patrick, donation for Drake's open bar to his wedding. A $5 Gonna super need it. chat. Thank you. Uh, Patrick is already donating to the cause. Uh, really, <laughs> really appreciate it. And then Stormy coming in with the best couple ever for Drake and Aubrey, so thank you guys all so much for that, and uh, we're all so happy for for Drake and uh, and everything that that's going on in his personal life here. Very exciting stuff, uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's I think I think a lot of people are are assuming that this is going to be a blowout by the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, coming into this thing. I mean Jacksonville won the AFC South last year. Obviously, we all know the train wreck that was the Indianapolis Colts in twenty twenty two, but. The Colts went one-and-one one against the Jacksonville Jaguars last year and beat the Jaguars in Lucas Oil Stadium, one of the few wins the Colts did have last year. So we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I think this is going to be a closer game than, than people think. Do, the, do I think the Colts get the win? We'll have to find out at the end of the episode here. But, Drake, we got to dive in, of course, to the quarterback, making his first NFL start in the regular season, Anthony Richardson. So Anthony Richardson is is obviously that's who that's where all the focus is going to be on. That's where all 64 65,000 plus fans in that sold out Lucas Oil Stadium are going to be are going to be drawn to they want to see how this rookie quarterback handles his first start against the divisional opponent these guys are going to want to put pressure on him early and and force try to force him into mistakes uh not only early in the game but but throughout the game so that way the jaguars can build up a big lead so coming into this matchup drake what do you expect to see out of anthony richardson you,
0: you know i i'll go kind of cliche to start out you're going to see the highs you're going to see the lows against a, i mean any any nfl defense you put in front of him in his first start as raw as this quarterback is it's going to be a high and low type of game all right now hey if he struggles immensely it's kind of also sort of expected a little bit okay if he goes out there and shoots you know lights out and is is absolutely torching the Jacksonville defense, well, then it's, you know, it really gives you a lot, even more hope than what you originally had for Anthony Richardson. So, but you're going to see highs and lows. He's going to have his feet used to open up opportunities because this is something the Colts have never had. And I say never. I know Andrew Luck was athletic, he was not Anthony Richardson. This is a different level of athleticism quarterback that the league not only has not has the league never seen someone this athletic the Colts definitely haven't and then I will say he probably is going to struggle kind of on that on those lows he's going to struggle with accuracy I'd say he might finish the game between honestly 45 percent and 60 there's a there's a wide range but don't be too hard on the guy if he's like just a hair under 50 percent because he's probably going to struggle with accuracy as he has up to this point
1: That's, I think, the biggest thing from what you just said there, Drake. Was I think we are going to see a lot more of Anthony Richardson's running ability than we saw in the preseason because, oh yeah, now this is this is the first time that Shane Steichen is going to actually put work into scheming things for Anthony Richardson and having that game plan. So, and and something that that you and I have definitely talked about uh, on the show a couple times, but uh, but a majority of it off off air is you know how how. Quiet. Shane Steichen has been about scheme and trying to keep everything so close to the vest, and now it's the time that that he's going to show some of that. A lot of it's with the running game. How are they going to deploy Anthony Richardson? You know, we saw so many RPOs when we were there at training camp and and throughout practice, the Colts hardly used those within those preseason games. So I think that's going to be a much bigger part of this than, than many people realize the Colts are really going to rely on Anthony Richardson's legs. I think they're going to start out with some short passes to try to get him into the flow of the game. But again, you want him to take that hit. I mean, not, not a hard hit, but a lot of quarterbacks, like I said, they, they they really their nerves really calm down once they take that first hit so if you can get him into a running situation where he's not going to take a big hit maybe he slides uh, maybe it's just a short run or, or something just to kind of calm the, his nerves down because there's going to be some nerves there uh, uh, but it's 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 not going to i don't think of to affect his game too much we really see that poise really take over patrick with another super chat here really really appreciate it patrick cfo You're so kind, and this is why you are the CFO. Uh, Patrick says, genuinely curious to see if Anthony Richardson's first touchdown is actually a run rather than a pass. Wouldn't doubt it, to be honest. And and that's a very good point, Patrick. If they get in that red zone, the 5-10 to yard area, and things open up, Anthony Richardson has the green light to keep it and run with it, so it's going to be very interesting to see. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it one bit if, if that's what actually happens. And I think Lucas Oil would all go crazy uh, if that was the end result. Drake.
0: Yeah. And look, the Colts' offensive line. I know that they they're. They didn't play last year anywhere near as well as the Eagles offensive line. But this is also a group that I can absolutely imagine could get some punch up front and get a lot of QB sneaks, especially with a guy that's six foot four, 250 freaking pounds in today's NFL where you have lighter defensive linemen. Absolutely. I agree that there's a really good chance that that dude puts in a lot of touchdowns right there at the goal line
1: exactly thank you so much patrick for the super chat buddy really really appreciate it as As, always as always and and drake i think A lot of there's a lot of unknowns, obviously, about Anthony Richardson and what's going to happen. But one thing that you can't put into question, his preparation. And a lot of the great quarterbacks do this. We knew Peyton Manning did this. Andrew Luck did this all the time. They came in even on their off days and spent the entire day at the facility preparing for their next opponent. And Shane Steichen let the cat out of the bag. He told us that that's the same thing that Anthony Richardson did this week on Tuesday. And during the p- t- players day off, R- Anthony Richardson was in there for eight hours, grinding through film, grinding and preparing for for Jacksonville. And, and Anthony Richardson's kind of spoke on that this week. And, and here's what he had to say. I'm excited. Um, Coming in on the off day, you know, I think that's part of the job, you know, putting in extra work, getting ready for the game because I know other people putting in extra work. My teammates putting in extra work because I see them in the building as well. So it's just a matter of me doing the same thing and just getting ready for week one. And that's great to hear, Drake. It really is. It, that's that's that dedication, that obsession with your craft that that Shane Steichen was was gushing about and talking about what he wanted in his quarterback throughout the entire draft cycle. And and if it isn't obvious by now, then I think you're you're not paying attention. That Anthony Richardson is obsessed with being a great quarterback.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things where I think this is to actually quote our you know colleagues Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks on Locked On. They, I can't remember which one said it, but it's going to be true. He's going to draw a lot of attention to himself. I think that he's going to become mm-hmm. really liked across the entire league. Now, amplify that 10 times with his teammates. These guys are just absolutely gushing about Anthony Richardson. Even moally Cox mentioning he's our leader, we're going to follow him. Like, so that just shows that not only is he invested, the team behind him is invested, his line, huge and massively important, is invested. It just seems like he's really starting to get a lot of this and he's like infecting the rest of the locker room with positivity, getting them ready for the season, especially after a year where it was just the lowest of lows for the
1: Colts. And I want to highlight this comment. It's not a super chat, but I want to highlight it by the ever-wise Wyatt Law. Good to see you, man. Uh, Wyatt says, I think AR gets underestimated way too often. Steichen will have a brilliant game plan for his QB that gets everybody involved and doesn't put it all on AR's shoulders. The O-line comes to play, too. We're going to talk about the offensive line later in the show because I think they do have a really crucial role in all of this, not only in the pass game, obviously, but, but getting the run game off the ground. They're really going and have to take onus with, with this running back by committee when there's no Jonathan Taylor back there. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how that all comes about. But, but Drake, you, you kind of talked about it and, and, and how there, there's probably some pressure on, on Anthony Richardson as well, because I mean, you talk about the Indianapolis great quarterbacks, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, Peyton didn't get off to the greatest start, but obviously one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Andrew Luck steps in, goes 11 and five immediately in his rookie season, which is just, it's unheard of. It just doesn't happen regularly in the NFL. So, and a lot of these Colts fans that are cheering for him on Sunday, they're going to want him and and hope he's going to be the next great franchise quarterback for this organization. But, but Anthony Richardson doesn't see it that way. He doesn't see himself as, as feeling pressure. Here's what he had to say on the matter. You know, uh, one of my coaches at Florida told me that pressure is for the unprepared, you know, so I just try to prepare the best way I can, you know, and not try to focus on the pressure because a lot of people going to try to put pressure on me, but I just got to rely on my teammates and myself so we can just go out there and play. He really doesn't seem 24. 20- 21 years old Drake. This kid seems very wise beyond his years, and it kind of speaks to that poise that, that Shane Steichen and, and, and some of his other Colts teammates have spoken about, where he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low, he just stays even keeled, and that is going to help him so much throughout his journey in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and you know interviewing players, you know, you can always put out fluff, you can always like you know give a, a false, you know, image of yourself. But here's the thing. If you watched him in the preseason and watched him at training camp and even in those joint practices, he seems, as he plays, just like he is in that interview, very even keel, just very relaxed. Like when he threw that interception against the Bills, he comes back and he leads a scoring drive against, I think it was uh, the um, the Eagles. He goes out there, they punt. Eagles turn it over on downs. He leads a scoring drive. This is a guy that's mentally in the zone, even if he screws up, it just doesn't seem like he gets rattled too much. Which, look, man, rookie quarterbacks that's the big thing that defenses try to do is rattle them. Well, hey, even if he has to work on mechanics and he has some bad throws now and then, some misreads, whatever, if he doesn't get rattled and he can develop the rest of those attributes, man, that's going to be a really scary quarterback in three or four years
1: it really is and yeah and i think i think for overall my expectations to kind of put a bow on all this my expectations for anthony richardson on sunday is i i don't necessarily think he's going to have a monster game where he goes out and throws to 350 yards and four touchdowns i know logan schmidt thinks yeah he says ar goes for four touchdowns on a win this sunday love Love the the confidence love the confidence and the optimism brother uh but I, I just I, I don't think it's going to be a fantastic performance about like like that, but I also don't think it's going to be a terrible performance. I, I think he's going to show he's going to go out there, show that he belongs, and just put in a solid day's work. He's probably going to he could have probably over two hundred yards passing between maybe. 225 to 250, adds another 30 to 40 rush yards on the ground, uh, maybe a, a touchdown or two, just show that he belongs. And and I think that's really all that Anthony Richardson needs to do, not only to, to maybe prove some doubters wrong, but to keep the Colts very competitive in this game.
0: Yeah, and I just want to throw this out there for fans. Look, I know that even the most diehards want to watch him go out there and just light the entire league on fire by week eight, you're looking at a a five and three or six and two record. Here's the way the Colts see it though. And you should see it is this is him getting his feet wet. Don't set the expectations too high because this is his first game. That means anything. This is Steichen's first game in the hardest position in the league. That means anything with this quarterback that is very raw. Okay. So they're going to have to really understand each other through, through basically, you know, flying by the seat of their pants. So, It's the long term that matters here. This is the first sample everyone gets to see on the grand stage. So just be patient with Anthony Richardson and enjoy the highs, but also understand that the lows are going to happen and he's going to have to grow out of them. And that's why Shane Steichen and that young coaching staff is around him.
1: Great point. And, and I think another element to this for the Colts offense, obviously no Jonathan Taylor out there. Shane Steichen spoke on it earlier in the week that the Colts are going to go more of a running back by committee approach. And then whoever has the hot hand, that's who they're going to going to roll with. So, Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, we know we're going to be out there and involved. Zach Moss has practiced, he uh, has been a limited participant in practice, but has made his return this week. So his status is still up in the air, uh, whether he plays Sunday or not. In my opinion, I think he would have to play be a full participant in tomorrow, Friday's practice, uh, to be considered uh, to, to play on Sunday. But, but, Drake, just looking at this running back group as, uh, as a whole here, um, how, how do you think the running back group's going to fare without Jonathan Taylor starting on Sunday?
0: You know, it's really interesting because, you know, months ago we were saying that we can't wait for week one when Jonathan Taylor's behind <laughs> Anthony Richardson. Uh, but, hey, you know what? The past is the past, and we move on. So mm-hmm. I think they could struggle to find a rhythm without a lead runner, a dynamic runner, um, but they could also work fine with AR's mobility. OK, like I'm not saying Miles Sanders, and we brought this up a bunch, but Miles Sanders couldn't make it, you know, big in, in Carolina. But he was also a product of, a, of what was, at the end of the day, a running back committee with a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts. This is the same guy coaching this committee. So and they arguably overall are more talented. So it's like you're, you're kind of looking at Deion Jackson and Evan Hall. They're going to be the guys. Um, They're also going to be, I think, pretty important to get out in the open for easy receptions. I think that you're going to see both guys who can absolutely pass catch. They're both going to be used in the receiving game, uh, but that makes the offensive line's performance even more important than ever because you don't have that well, you don't know yet with the rookies like Evan Hall, Mm -hmm. but currently in this moment, you don't have that Jonathan Taylor that maybe a block is missed. He makes a guy miss a tackle and he darts to the end zone. So the offensive line, they got to be on point in the run game too.
1: Yeah, and and like you said, Deion Jackson and Evan Hall are going to have to be those early security blankets for Anthony Richardson, dink and dunk, get those guys out in the open field, let them go to work. And both have shown their receiving prowess and, and it's nothing to scoff at. Those guys are very good receiving backs, but I, I think, I think the running back group, while there's probably not going to be a dominant rusher, like a Jonathan Taylor the running back by committee approach can still work. Obviously it worked last year in Philadelphia and and you're right. Having that mobile quarterback element in there just changes things because you're, you're not just talking about how are the running backs going to be able to handle the running game. You're also talking, Anthony Richardson is involved in that conversation as well. And we've already, we already saw it throughout the preseason on a lot of those, on a lot of those handoffs where, guys had to wait just a half second longer to see if it was going to be the running back who had the ball or if Anthony Richardson was going to keep it. And it allows guys that, that those quick, quick guys like a Deion Jackson to get a, a little bit of a head start and start running downhill between those, those, those blocks of a Quentin Nelson or Bernard Ryman and Ryan Kelly to try to break free, to get an extra couple yards on those attempts because the linebackers have to wait. So I, I, I think, I don't think it necessarily this is going to be the game where it shows up that they're missing a Jonathan Taylor uh, because I I do have confidence in the running backs that they'll be able to get the job done on Sunday. But the group that I think really does need to step up, and I know a lot of fans aren't, aren't too happy with how they performed in the preseason. Again, just take a deep breath, relax. Now it's the regular season. Now you can start judging them. It's the wide receiver and the tight end group, Drake. Multiple drops by the wide receivers in the preseason games, in, in, in training camp and practices. We saw much different. We saw the wide receivers really show out, but overall, in order for Anthony Richardson to be successful, these pass catchers have to be on point and ready.
0: Yeah, and you know, Alec Pierce, he really struggled in the preseason to find that connection like he was in training camp. So you hope that that's been smoothed out. But look, man, Michael Pittman Jr. I think is the biggest one. Uh, I know that's kind of a default and kind of a lazy answer, but it's also the truth that this is a guy who has been the volume receiver through three different or well, excuse me, two different quarterbacks and a couple of extras last season with Matt Ryan. Uh, So these guys really do have to step up. But also, especially, I think, even more so potentially the slot guys, you know, Josh Downs and Isaiah McKenzie, they're going to have to step up too. But the the tight end group, I mean, you've got Kylan Granson right now is the number one. you got Mo Cox, Drew Ogletree, Will Mallory. I know people have been barking about the four wide receivers. Two of those guys could essentially be bigger wide receivers. So maybe Steichen has some grandiose game plan that, I mean, I think it's a little weird that they don't at least have a fifth guy on the roster especially given Ashton Doolin's injury but maybe they've got something planned up because Drew Ogletree can play like wide receiver and Will Mallory was the fastest tight end in the draft
1: right I mean those those move tight ends with with Kylan Granson and Will Mallory those guys can be those wide receivers and we've already seen Drew Ogletree's receiving prowess as well he played wide receiver in college so you have plenty of pass catchers out there yes they're not they're not there, you're you're typical wide receivers the Colts only have four of those guys but you have enough bodies and enough pass catchers to make up for it. I'm going to be and I'm very interested to see how Shane Steichen Cal Shane Steichen really schemes these guys up and his stats Matt coming in here with with this uh, with a baller stat as he is known for Eagles wow. only played four wide receivers all year last year. So it's, it's, a, it's a something that Steichen is familiar with. And and the Colts have multiple wide receivers on the practice squad that they can call up, and I'm sure they will throughout the season. But when you have those receiving threats at tight end, use them. And I think that's, that's what we will see. We'll see a lot of that. We'll see Shane Steichen scheme to get those guys open. I think Michael Pittman still will be that guy that is the the quote unquote security blanket for Anthony Richardson, the volume wide receiver. He's obviously going to lead this team in catches yards and probably touchdowns again, but you're going to have the the deep threat in Alec Pierce, the, the quick win guy in Josh Downs, who this week was officially named this starter at that slot wide receiver role, Drake, just like we were saying, it's going to happen quicker than people think. And it happened at week one. So those it's, I'm not too concerned yet. Obviously If injuries start to pile up, that's always the risk. Because if injuries start to pile up, then you're in trouble very, very quickly. But as of right now, I'm not too concerned. And I think those, those, the receiving prowess that those, that group of tight ends brings to this unit, I think that has a big part of why the Colts only have four wide receivers on the active roster. But, but Drake, you mentioned it earlier uh, about this unit having a big impact on Sunday, and that's the offensive line. Uh, keeping Anthony Richardson upright, allowing him to go through his reads, opening up holes for a running back committee that their number one has been injured all. all well, the, the real number one is, is in a contract dispute. The number two has been injured all throughout training camp, and the, the depth hasn't been there. But when the starters on the offensive line have been out there, things have looked quite a bit better. Yeah,
0: and hey, you know this—they have a chance to bounce back right out of the gate because—and—and and look, I—I I, I absolutely respect the Jaguars and like how good of a team they are, but their weak point is their defense. It just straight up is. And they do have Josh Allen as, a, as one of the wide linebackers, one of the outside guys that blitzes a lot. He's a very good pass rusher. But I think outside of that, they have – I believe I'm saying this correctly, but Foyuseid Alakun, who is mm-hmm. one of their other linebackers, had like 180 tackles, so this dude stays busy. But they also lost Shaq Griffin, who is a former pro bowler. He was arguably their best defensive back, and so he's with the Houston Texans now. This is an exploitable defense, okay? If the Colts can just run efficient plays, move the chains, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, They could really put some damage on Jacksonville. If Anthony Richardson can string together some good drives or even field goal drives and the defense can come back and at least get a couple drives where they get Lawrence off the field quicker rather than not, I mean, you're looking at an offensive line that has a chance to really bounce back here and bounce back in a big way against a divisional foe.
1: And and I'm telling you guys, I am still so bullish on Bernard Ryman. I think this season is going to prove that the Colts have found their answer at left tackle. I see all these mock drafts, and yes, I'm a sicko. I'm looking at mock drafts, and the NFL season hasn't even started yet. Sue me. Shout out to Pat McAfee and shout out to Brett Favre. Um, But (laughs) I I really do think that Bernard Ryman is is going to be the answer at left tackle. And, and uh, just everything I've seen through training camp, through the preseason, what Quentin Nelson has said about him, what Tony Sperano, what uh, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, Shane Steichen, everybody that has talked about Bernard Ryman has been he- just so high on him so i'm excited to see what this revamp offensive line looks like continuing to build that momentum tony sperano jr has the the starting unit really prepared and and i think it's going to be exciting to watch what this group can do in 2023 so it's going to be really exciting to watch
0: we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night Ember hot and icy cold, the rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end,
1: what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play
0: it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim
1: your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Root. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now Drake, we talked so much about the offensive side of the ball. We got to talk about the defensive side of the ball going up against Trevor Lawrence and what looks to be an absolutely loaded offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So The number one thing, obviously, to get on Trevor, to mess up Trevor Lawrence, pressure. And that's what exactly what this Colts team did last year when they beat Trevor Lawrence in Lucas Oil Stadium, got pressure up the middle. We saw Pay and Dio Dangbo really get involved as well. And and that's what allowed uh, uh, this Colts team to, to really get the victory. So I think pressure, once again, is going to be huge as far as slowing down this Jacksonville Jaguars offense.
0: Yeah, and you know Travis Etienne is a fantastic running back, and uh, Tank Bigsby is probably going to be a good complimentary back. But this is still the an offense, especially now with Ridley being reinstated, that is is so tailored to the passing game, and they've got a more of a receiving move tight end that starts that they franchise tag to bring back with a longer contract in Evan Ingram. So this is an offense that's going to move that football. The Colts have not had the strongest pass rush over the past couple of years. But you know what? Last season, this is not to knock on Yannick Ngakwe, okay? He had plays where he really did come through. But now you have a guy who every single play is going to be absolutely motoring towards Trevor Lawrence, that being Samson Ebicom. And then Dio Dangbo can be a really good complementary piece. And so can the, can the rest of the depth chart for the Colts. So the ends are going to be huge. But look, guys like Brandon Scherf and the rest of that Jaguars offensive line, they're good okay so it's going to be difficult but like you said if the colts can't get that defensive front to bring pressure because they got to allow the linebackers to cover at least a little bit it could be problems it could cause a lot of issues down the road for the game or like in the game for the
1: colts i'm i'm very excited to see what this what this defensive line does for the Colts because in my opinion, it's one of the better defensive lines that Chris Ballard has had in his tenure as, as Indianapolis Colts, general manager. I mean, you, have got Quitty pay over on that left side and, and I've been pounding the table for Quiddy pay. If Quitty pay can stay healthy, I'm telling you guys double-digit sacks very very possible I might even say probable if quiddi pay can stay healthy for all 17 games because it seems like especially when he gets those few games where he he doesn't have to worry about injury he finally he starts to put things together and quiddi pay was pretty explosive. Throughout training camp, so it's it's going to be very interesting to see what he does in year three. Same with Dio Dangbo. The, it's going to be very exciting to see uh, that third year jump. Obviously, we know what DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart can do, but Drake, you mentioned the X factor in all of this at the defense on the defensive line is Samson Ebukam. First time getting those those really those starting reps, starting ro- that rotation being in there because as a as a pass rusher with the 49ers, he was just behind too many guys. Uh, There was just not enough reps to go around. So, but when he was in there, he still as a backup on the 49ers defensive line had more pressures last year than unique and Gakwe, who led the Colts in sacks and the Colts had still 44 sacks. I think it was like the third best year in franchise history. So you give Samson Ebukam a full starting reps for a full season uh, this could be like a Danico Autry signing, very under the radar, but he just comes to the Colts and you see that potential being filled. So excited to see what he can do. And, and I think Gus Bradley is really going to try to allow, just going to let these guys pin their ears back and go after Trevor Lawrence all afternoon long.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, when we say that the 49ers pass rush was loaded, we really mean absolutely loaded to the nth degree. So a guy like Samson Evacom could absolutely get lost in the mix there. So I think I'm right there with you. I think he's deserving of the contract the Colts gave him. I think it's three years, $27 million. I think that he is deserving of more playing time than he got in San Francisco. And I think this is a chance for him to kind of, like you said, become that Danico Autry signing. And look, if he becomes that type of player for the Colts, every Indianapolis fan out there is going to be super-duper happy because no Indianapolis fan likes to play Danico Autry when Tennessee comes to town or when the Colts go to Nissan Stadium.
1: Exactly. You're exactly right there. And And something else as we move away from the defensive line – The Colts get the heartbeat of their defense back this week and in Shaquille Leonard. Shaquille Leonard has cleared concussion protocol that has been bothering him for a few weeks now. Uh, He was a full participant the last two days in practice. He is good to go. The back is feeling great, and and the Colts have their leader back. I know DeForest Buckner and and Kenny Moore are captains as well, but this Colts defense just has a different energy, uh, a different aura about them when number 53 is there in the middle of the defense bringing that energy and and drake shack is back.
0: Yeah, and look, I've never this isn't even favoritism, it's just the truth. I haven't seen a linebacker that may there we go that makes the plays happen. The turnovers happen. He's just he's that exact thing. In a human form, wait, like just waiting to happen any given throw. And so he completely shifts an offense's game plan because you have to account for him every time you drop back, every time you run the ball, every time you throw it short, you have to account for Shaq Leonard, who also is a tackling machine. So I think that the fact that he looks good, he looks ready. Like you said, I know DeForest Buckner's a captain, Kenny Moore's a captain, but nobody is quite the presence that Shaq Leonard is. So that's just huge for the Colts defense.
1: Exactly. Shout out to Price for the the Stark Direwolf as his uh, a profile picture. Very nice. Love to see that. But and and I think I think Drake. We also need to tamper expectations for for Shaq Leonard as well. He hasn't played. You know, Sunday will mark three hundred and nine days since Shaq Leonard took a meaningful snap for the Indianapolis Colts. So there's going to be some rust there. He is not, I I wouldn't expect him to look like an all pro on Sunday. If he does, fantastic, but I'm not going into that game expecting Shaq Leonard to, to look like how he did in, in 2021. He he said that he is feeling close to his old self, but again, he's going to need to get out on that field. He's going to have to get used to that live action, get used to playing those full games, and, and just get used to to, to being out there and, and being the star of the defense again. So I, I would expect there to be a little bit of a ramp-up period however that does not mean that that Shaq Leonard cannot impact the game he's still going to be in there with just have his nose in on pretty much every single play he's still going to be trying to punch the ball out the the Shaq Leonard punch uh, and trying to force those fumbles be careful of him in the passing game because we know he can grab an interception as well he almost picked off a couple in training camp and and was just looking like his old self in that regard. So having his presence out there, I think is really huge for this young Colts team, this young Colts defense, having that type of leader out there in the middle of the defense, getting everybody set up and getting everybody ready. Shane Steichen talked about his, his leadership and his presence out there. I think this week that is going to be Bigger than anything he probably does on the field, but as Stats Matt said, uh, he says Shaq gets a turnover, calling it now. Wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about uh, on, on Monday night when we're recapping this game, if we're talking about a turnover force by Shaquille Leonard.
0: Well, and that would be the ultimate outcome. But at the end of the day, I think it, I think uh, Price actually mentioned it here that even if he isn't fully back to form, he puts the defense and, and the guys in that group in the best possible position to succeed, because you're also talking about the mind. And mm-hmm. so even if he's not even if he's still getting to 100 percent or too close to it, in week one it's still a massive benefit out there and i think we've said this a bunch of times that even like an 80 to 85 percent healthy Sha- uh, shaquille leonard is probably a top 10 linebacker in the nfl still so you'll take it
1: shout out to my wife danielle moore for her nightly super sticker a five dollar super sticker of our own money. heavy hitter um so thank you so much danielle <laughs> everybody t's and peas. Thoughts and prayers to my wife. She drafted Travis Kelsey in the first round, and and now Kelsey is out tonight. So she had to pick up a tight end on the waiver wire. So everyone teased and peased my wife in her fantasy matchup. By the way, in that same league, Drake and I are facing off uh, in fantasy this weekend so unfortunately Drake you got engaged things are happy but you're gonna get clapped by me this weekend oh. I'm sorry sorry about that it's just the way of life uh, I but, guess but hey it, it is what it is so uh, but <laughs> Drake getting back to what really matters is this football game on Sunday um, really honestly probably the biggest matchup of the entire game The Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers against the Colts defensive backs. I mean, you're talking about Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, who's a wide receiver, tight end hybrid. Um, Shout out to Sarah Small for the super sticker as well. Sarah is always a, a loyal supporter of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, and we're always so happy to see when she joins in. So, Sarah, thank you all. Thank you so much for your support. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how this young defensive back group handles it. We know Kenny Moore is probably going to be on Christian Kirk, but Kenny Moore struggled against Christian Kirk last year. How are Dallas Flowers and, and Daryl Baker Jr. going to be able to handle going up against Calvin Ridley? Uh, I'm trying to think who the other receiver is on that other side of Calvin Ridley. Is it, at, is it Zay Jones? It might be Zay Jones. Stats, Matt, correct us if we're wrong, but it's going to be a huge test for a very young, inexperienced Colt secondary going up against Uh, a a very talented group of pass catchers for the jaguars
0: yeah and you know last season uh, christian kirk really showed a lot of people that he can adapt and he can really make a huge impact as the number one receiver on a team and he goes over to the jaguars a lot of people scoffed at it because they were like well he needs hopkins and he need you know he's just a wide receiver three or two or slot guy this guy goes out there and puts up career numbers now he has calvin ridley who any given Sunday can be a top five receiver in his own right. So uh, I think our own uh, Sean McGinnis actually wrote a piece on him. He can do it all. He can beat you with routes. He can beat you with just crisp, un, like pure, unadulterated separation. High point balls, he can outrun you. This is a really scary receiver. So guys like Juju Brents, guys like Daryl Baker Jr., you know, Kenny Moore's going to have to deal mostly, like you said, with Kirker if they move Ingram around. Rest assured that's where Moore is going to be is probably on Evan Ingram. But, man, Calvin Ridley, that's going to be the X factor for Jacksonville, and that is top priority. The Colts would be better off letting volume receptions happen with Kirk, Jones, Etienne, guys like that, than letting Ridley take over a game. That could really open up a lot.
1: And you're going to see these Colts wide receivers be be pretty physical. I mean, Gus Bradley has talked about wanting to use press coverage more, and, and we've seen that throughout training camp and throughout these preseason games. It could be a coming. It could be a coming out party for Daryl Baker Jr. if he can lock down Calvin Ridley and really show out because he has been so impressive so far. Everyone keeps counting out Daryl Baker Jr. and saying, "Well, when's Juju Brents or when Darius Rush is still on the team? When's Darius Rush going to take over uh, for for these guys?" And Daryl Baker Jr. has looked like a like a cornerback one. Uh, I, I know that he's the coaches are very high on him, and if he can keep this up. Hey, we might be talking about Daryl Baker Jr. as not only just doing a good job against Calvin Ridley, but solidifying himself as a starting cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. So, going to be a lot of fun seeing what all these guys can do on Sunday against the reigning division champs. So, Drake, let's let's dive into the injuries real quick for the Colts. Not very many, not very many at all. So, like I said, Shaq Leonard was cleared for a concussion protocol he's good to go for sunday the only other name on that list on the injury list zach moss who's been a limited participant the past two days in practice and and like i said i think he needs to be a full participant on friday to ensure that he plays uh, against the jaguars but uh very 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 healthy colts team heading into week one
0: yeah and the thing is the only offensive position you're kind of like ooh with is the running back committee because because uh, i'm looking at the depth chart and i don't even think espn can help me here but after deon J- let's say moss sits out it's Dion jackson then it's going to be evan hall is it jake
1: funk after it that would, know, it, it they dip into be, the practice squad they would have point. to bring up either jake funk or uh jason huntley
0: that's right wow that's the only area of of the like the The depth chart offensively, where you are like, ooh, because even without Jelani Woods, the tight end group still looks pretty solid. So I think that the running backs, boy, Evan Hall and Deion Jackson, if Zach Moss does not get the chance to play, they will need to really show up to help Anthony Richardson.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and and we'll find out more tomorrow uh, after practice when Shane Steichen speaks to the media. So Drake. As we die, as we get ready for this weekend, give me your X factor. Who is that one player on the Colts that you think is going to make a major difference this weekend? Ooh,
0: you know, I had had a name originally, but now I'm thinking all over the place. I think that I'm going to change it up, actually. I, I think that originally I had Michael Pittman Jr., but the defense for the Jaguars is going to be focused on him and Pierce without question. They're going to look at downs and be like, you can be dangerous, but you're a rookie. And McKenzie's kind of more of a a utility player at times. I think that Kylan Granson could really be somebody no one's thinking of. This is a guy Richardson has favorited. He has matched Richardson's type of quarterback play, and he's developed a knack for finding Granson when the time really calls for it. So I think this is Kylan Granson's coming out party. I think that he has like five or six catches and who knows how many yards because the guy can actually get up
1: and go you and Patrick are on the same page he says Kylan Granson as well but hey does Kylan Granson get his first touchdown in the NFL this week I certainly Ever. hope so <laughs> I certainly hope so and 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 do I say Jaguars uh Jaguars maybe maybe it might be my northern Indiana accent hey, isn't Bill
0: Pullian a Hall of Famer though I mean yeah
1: listen I'll be I love being compared to a, a Hall of Famer but uh for me Drake I'm going defensive side of the ball I already talked about him maybe gushingly uh, about this cornerback, Daryl Baker Jr. Uh, I think that's going to be the big difference is how, how this Colts secondary can handle the, the pass catchers of the Jacksonville Jaguars and, and and looking at it, Daryl Baker Jr. For the most part is going to be matched up against Calvin Ridley, in my opinion. So if Daryl Baker Jr. Can, can really hold up against Calvin Ridley, that that's a great sign for the Colts this weekend. So All right, Drake. We've been talking for almost 45 minutes now about this game. It's time to make our predictions. Jaguars at Colts, 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. How do you see it playing out?
0: So to make it brief, I think that it's going to be far closer like from start to finish, by the way, not like a, a big lead is going to be developed and in the second half anyone's going to come back. Start to finish, it's going to be a battle back and forth because I think that the Colts are ready for Trevor Lawrence a lot more than people might think. And I do still think that Jacksonville has the receiving options to just outlast you in the passing game, and the Colts' defense might not be ready for that type of attack full four quarters yet. I see Jacksonville pulling it out 24 to 21. I think it's going to be close, and it might even be decided by Brandon McManus booting a field goal in the fourth quarter at some point to break the tie.
1: Interesting. So I I'm very close to that. I I have the Jaguars winning 24 to 20. So I think the Colts cover, uh, but I still I still think that that they're probably not quite there yet. And and I think it's going to be a combination of Anthony Richardson getting a rushing touchdown and Anthony Richardson getting his first passing touchdown as well to Michael Pittman Jr. on Sunday. So I I think unfortunately the streak is going to continue for the Colts losing their week one. Opener, um, but but I think they're gonna they're gonna surprise some people and how they play. This isn't going to be a blowout. I, I really think it's going to be a, a much closer game. I think they are going to give Trevor Lawrence fits, especially that defensive line. But I, I think it just they're just cold. the Colts aren't going to ju- have just enough talent to, to to eke this one out. And and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope the Colts are able to break that streak and and get the victory. But I'm going Jaguars 24 colts 20 to kick off the nfl season so before we leave here drake we let's go over the the colts news and rumors real quick there's only a couple things uh to to go over and one of those was the colts worked out a running back this week former jaguars running back james robinson uh so the colts did have a private workout with him did not sign a contract and, and did leave the facility but uh The Colts are definitely keeping their options open as far as who they might want to bring in at the running back position while Jonathan Taylor is out.
0: Yeah, I mean, James Robinson is an established back who actually in his rookie year, I'm looking at it right here, had 1,070 rushing yards for the Jaguars. And if I'm not mistaken, that was a brutally bad year for the team. I mean, this is a guy that right out of the gate was hot. So I think that if the Colts look at the cheaper version of what they want, they might pass on Kareem Hunt. And if they think that James Robinson's the guy, they're absolutely going to go with him because he knows the division better and he's going to be cheaper than Kareem Hunt probably will be asking for.
1: Yeah, I would agree. So we'll we'll have to see if if James Robinson does end up signing down the line or – Zach Moss returning if the Colts feel comfortable in that core three. That's kind of where I'm leaning. When Zach Moss returns, uh, unless there's another injury that happens to to one of those three, I think the Colts will be just fine. Some poor practice squad movement as the Colts are trying to get their roster uh, uh kind of figured out before the season starts. The Colts brought back guard Arlington Hambright and defensive tackle McTelvin Aguim to the practice squad. While Hambright was kind of up and down at at times, I thought he did have some, some solid – added some solid depth to the, def- uh, the offensive line for the Colts. And McTelvin Aguim, I thought he had a chance to make that 53-man roster. I thought he played very well in training camp and, and looked good in those preseason action as well.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Aguim actually had moments where you were like, okay, this guy could be a pretty good rotational piece for that interior. Um, so good that he's on the practice squad. But, look, Arlington Hambright, he really showed out more when he was at left tackle. But the Mm -hmm. Colts really wanted to see what the heck this guy had because they played him at left tackle, left guard, and right guard in all three of those preseason games. So the Colts know this guy well. He's a veteran in the league, and I think that he makes the practice squad more competitive. I like both those signings.
1: And to make room for those guys, the Colts waved, uh, offensive tackle, Dan skipper and defensive tackle, Caleb Sampson from the practice squad. So Drake week one is here. Colts Jaguars, a good old fashioned AFC South battle. It's going to be fun to watch and Colts fans. Football is back. You got to love it. So that's our show for this evening, guys. Really, really appreciate everybody tuning in. Want to give a special shout out to everyone that gave a super chat or a super sticker tonight. Uh, Stormy Hellbrook, Patrick Rye with three super chats. Absolutely dominating Top the game. Top rope elbow. Top rope elbow. Love it. My beautiful wife, Danielle and Sarah. Uh, thank you guys all so much for the super chats for the uh, all your support and everybody else in the chat who didn't give a super chat we we love all your support as well so if you haven't done so already please it's going down on the screen like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow horseshoe huddle on x at colts on fn and subscribe to horseshoe huddle on youtube click that bell so you know whenever drake and i are going live whenever sha goes live with the saddle up show so you never miss an episode and a chance to hang out with us and then if you can't catch us live apple spotify google or youtube wherever you listen and find us we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe and give us a five star review so drake as we head into this weekend obviously at HorseshoeHuddle.com, we've been pumping out content to get you guys all ready for this. Tell the people what they can go check out that you've written.
0: So I had two different pieces on offense and defense that is titled three things that the Colts must accomplish to defeat the Jaguars for both the offense and defense, but also Bleacher Report had seven uh, analyst experts actually dropped their prediction for the game. So I broke that down a little bit. And uh, I personally think that it's a little bit too heavy towards the Jaguars, but we'll see what you guys think when you
1: Yeah, definitely go check those out. Fun pieces by Drake. I put out a couple pieces on Anthony Richardson this week. The first one, giving my realistic expectations for the rookie quarterback this week, what he'll do as a passer, as a runner, and how patience is going to be key for the rookie. But offensive rookie of the year? Not out of the question. And then I also did another piece on Anthony Richardson, uh, kind of detailing his mindset as he prepares for week one. Go check that out. Tomorrow morning, a piece on Shaquille Leonard and what it means for him to return after, like I said, missing 309 days of meaningful football with the Indianapolis Colts. So definitely go check that out. And before the game on Sunday, Jake, Arthur, and I are going to be doing a live Locked on Colts episode right next to the Slippery Noodle in downtown Indianapolis, just about five minutes away, from, if that even, from Lucas Oil Stadium. So if you're in the area, come check us out. If not, catch us live on the Locked on Colts YouTube channel. It's going to be a hell of a time. Go follow Drake at D. Walster Drake. You can follow myself at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back Monday night to break down the Colts Jaguars matchup and how everything played out on the field. So everybody enjoy your evening, go watch some football, drink a beer and enjoy your NFL season. We'll be seeing you.